Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And as always, I'm Justin. If you guys haven't hit that like button or subscribed or anything like that, make sure you do it right here, right now. Don't forget, uh, you know, you wait too long and you forget and then you won't catch next week's show. Uh, Of course, every time you do that, check us out on Facebook. You'll get all the information for upcoming shows fun little games that we play throughout the week, uh, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you tune in on Facebook and Instagram and all that jazz as well. Uh, I don't think you'll be too disappointed, especially if you love the paranormal. We got some interesting topics that always, always come up throughout the week. Um, This week, we do have a guest with us. His name is Kevin Killen. Uh, He wrote a book called Ghosts and Me. It is uh, basically an, an autobiography of his experiences with the paranormal throughout his life. Uh, He spent a lot of his life moving around with his father, who was a journalist. Uh, They moved from country to country, state to state, city to city. And many of these times he did have uh, what he considers paranormal experiences. So we're going to go ahead and jump straight to the line with him and hear some of these stories and talk about what it is he's witnessed. Kevin, welcome to Paratruth Radio. We're happy to have you. How are you doing this evening? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing great. How about yourselves? We're doing good. We're doing good. So uh, we're talking to you about your book, Ghosts and Me. Um, I found it rather fascinating, some of the stuff that you've been through throughout your life. Uh, But before we get into your your experiences and and what you've gone through, uh, tell us a little bit why you wanted to write this book. Sure. Uh, basically, I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to uh, kind of, you know, let people know that uh, somebody who I myself considers very well educated and not not crazy, these things do happen to. Because again, in, in the paranormal field, the first thing, and I don't care who you are, when you have an experience, the first thing you think of is, did I really have that? Am I crazy? And I've talked to so many people about that, and I think that's the consensus. And that's what I've battled with through that but I also just wanted to tell my story to let people know hey you know this this can happen I'm a normal guy and these things do happen to you and it's okay to be you know and, and again I, this is a journey for me it started when I was born it's continuing to, to today until till whenever so it's just a journey so I just wanted to tell my story and let other people know hey you know I go through the same things and I'm you're always learning in this field you never know anything so you always have to ask questions so it was just kind of one of those things that hey you know I'm out here too and, and let's get some some ideas shared and kick around and see what we think and see what we can find. Awesome. So uh now, first oh sorry. Oh go ahead. Go, go ahead. 
Okay. Um, well, you know, Justin and I have had a lot of experiences as well, and we've shared those over the years. Uh, now, you share a lot of stories in this book. So the first question I have for you, and this might be something really to think about. I don't know if you have thought about it, uh, but what is it that you think uh, is about you that has opened the door to so many of these encounters? That's a good question. Uh, I, I think for me, uh, it's a it's a kind of a uh, a varying kind of answer. Um, first of all, I, I I'm Irish American, so I have a lot of Irish blood in me, Celtic blood. I think that has a lot to do with it. I've studied a lot of of uh, my ancestry that goes back, you know, a long time through through my family all, all the way. To, I still have relatives in the old country, and I think that has a lot to do with it because. The Celtic people have a lot of, of, of powers, gifts, whatever you want to call them. So I think that lends itself to this. Um, also, I've discovered I'm empathic. So that that kind of makes me kind of a paranormal magnet, if you will, for these experiences, because they, they, they know that, that I can see and hear them. And they and I, I liken myself to the to the roadside motel sign, you know, that vacancy, the pink one. You see at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's me. That's I'm the beacon. So they say, "Oh, hey, this guy can see and hear us. So we're going to make a beeline for this guy and mess with him or talk to him or whatever." Um, so they, they pick up on that, and I think those are the two things that are the catalysts for me and have been, and they they sh will continue. And and I've noticed myself ever since um, going on this journey that my that this has strengthened the empathic ability, intuitive ability, whatever what would have you has has increased, and it and it goes. Uh, and it'll it'll wax and wane throughout the year, but it, it has gotten a lot a lot more powerful. I've noticed. So that's what I, I think that that that's why I've had a lot of these experiences throughout my life. Okay. So to kind of feed off of that, um, this has actually started going back to when you were really young. Um, so uh, I had read in the book that it started around age five or so so tell us a little bit about that uh, did it continue to grow more and more um i did read through the, out the book that you've had different activity in different areas that you've lived too so uh let's start with you know what really kicked this all off and how old were you sure um i was five years old living in a really old house in evanston illinois and if anybody's uh, familiar with evanston illinois it's uh it's a really old place right outside of Chicago. Um, and this, this house was, you know, creep factor times 10. I mean, it was just one of those old turn of the century rambling houses. Uh, and I was living there, of course, with my family, um, my mom, my dad, my brothers. Um, and my dad was a journalist and he used to cover sporting events. So he would take my older brothers with him. And the particular day at night, he took them to St. Louis, I believe, to cover a basketball tournament. So it was just me and my mother. And we were downstairs in, in the living room and you know the upstairs was had the big wooden floors and the big rambling hallway and we distinctly heard footsteps walking across the hall and i turned to her and i said who's that you know basically you know and my mother was so scared that she said oh that's my little boy and i don't know what and later on she told me she said she didn't know what to do because she was so scared that somebody had broken into the house that she didn't want to scare me and if there was somebody up there she didn't want us to know want them to know they were downstairs and we were easy prey so she went ahead and told me that but i distinctly remember hearing those footsteps and of course nobody else was in the house and my mother finally got the courage to go up there and look and there was nobody there um but i distinctly remember those the, the if, if you've ever walked on a wooden floor just feet 
fall footfalls on on a wooden floor and, and there not being anybody there. Uh, and that was actually the first paranormal experience that I recall ever having, and they've been continuing ever since. Hmm. Wow. So, you know, you, we, we all know that children tend to have uh, more reception to the paranormal or anything on the other side of our current realm. Uh, and perhaps this is the one moment that really sparked uh, your ability to, to see and hear spirits regularly. Uh, but at what point do you realize that it was more than just some type of haunting, but that you had this ability uh, to actually see them and talk to them? Wow. Uh, you know, I really honestly didn't, uh, didn't really realize that until much later in the, in the book, um, probably well, well after college. Um, uh, I, I'd had experiences leading up to that point and then just kind of thought, well, you know, you know, I, I, and again, that was another thing that I wrote the book for was to try to understand what all this was because I didn't understand it. I still really don't. I mean, I, I understand it a little more, but again, this is all theory based, so nothing's been proved, of course. Um, so this has just been a journey for me, like from from the day I've had this. But I, I guess honestly, um, probably about twenty five to thirty is when I really realized that hey, something's going on with me here. And I talked in the book that my girlfriend at the time was a psychic and a witch. And she kind of helped me go through these things and say, you know, help me understand and put me in touch with people who could actually answer my questions and say, hey, you're having this because of this. Um, so about, yeah, about 25 to 30 is when I really kind of understood, you know, something going on with me. What is it? I want to know more. And then continually throughout. And, and again, this book was like a 15 year journey for me from first word to print because I added on to it because every time I had experiences, I would always plug something else in there. So, um, so yeah, I, I'd say about 25 to 30. Okay. Uh, well, now you, you, you mentioned that you dated a psychic and a witch and you actually have that in your introduction as well, uh, which at least in my understanding from what I've noticed is anyone who puts uh, certain information in the introduction, uh, it's usually important information that should keep in the reader's mind throughout the story. So my question here is, uh, one, what type of practitioner was she and how did her beliefs uh, influence your own beliefs on the paranormal? That's a good question, Eric. Um, yeah, she was a Wicca. Okay. So she practiced, she practiced uh, Wiccan. So um, basically from the time I met her, I was having psych, I was having experiences in an old house and I, I touched upon that in the book with a, uh, with a friendly ghost uh, that lived there. Um, no, not Casper. <laughs> His name was George. But um, he was messing with me and my roommate at the time. And we were just, I was just starting to get into this to really understanding things. And my roommate didn't know anything. And he was freaked out. And I put that in the book. But we were having the same experiences as we compared notes. Then she was a friend of mine at the time. And of course, later on, we developed a relationship and started dating and seeing each other and everything. But um, she actually kind of opened the world to me as far as the psychic ability went and what the Wiccan practitioners do and the beliefs and put me in touch with other witches and practitioners and things like that. And, and, and really, um, we, we studied together. I mean, I, I, I don't believe I was I was really ever a Wiccan, but I actually believe, you know, I, I was an open. I'm always open minded about religion. So whatever your religion is, I, I you know, hey, that's cool with me. And I always want to learn about everything. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those sponges. I just love to learn about a lot of things. So I, I'd pick her brain. And we ended up going to the, you know, the, the bookstores and buying every book we could 
on on Wicca. And I read a lot and 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 filled their bookshelf and learned a lot through that and talking to other people. And this was kind of pre-internet. I mean, I guess the internet was kind of in its infancy. There was, there was not a lot of interaction with a lot of people unless they were local. So um, I wrote a f- few letters to to the back. You know, people put their address in the back of the books and and wrote to them. And and I don't remember if I ever got any responses or not. Um, but yeah, she she did teach me a lot about the the Wiccan faith and what that did, and, and I think that kind of had a, a, a nice drawing for me because a lot of it because it had so many different variables in it to to um, touch upon the paranormal. So I thought that that I kind of was drawn to that, but I never really full fledged jumped into it. But I did learn a lot. Okay. So going into your your abilities and uh, the different things that you've uh, experienced, um, in the book you talk about a car wreck that you actually had a voice tell you something was, was coming before it happened. So I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit about that. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, Justin, because uh, when I do these shows, and I, I love doing these shows because I get to meet people you, like you guys and talk paranormal, which is one of my favorite subjects, obviously. Um, but they usually skim over that. They never really talk about that. And I find that part of my life really interesting because I think that's kind of where my intuitive psychic ability actually kind of started was at that time. And I, I never realized it until that moment. I think that was a catalyst for it. Um, so what had happened is I was going to a school in West Virginia at the time. And if anybody's been in West Virginia, it's a very rural area, no matter where you are. And this place particularly was Southern West Virginia. It was very rural, very mountainous. Um, and we had some friends that were, uh, you know, they were local. And um, one of the, one of the, the, the girls, because, you know, being a young girl, you always think, you know, whatever. So she was, you know, we were driving on a, a rain slick road and, and we, me and my room from Northern Virginia with were in, in the car with her and one of her friends. And she decided, well, I'm going to show you how you city boys, how we can drive. So she started going a little too fast around a curve and something, a voice said, grab the door. And I don't know where it came from, but this voice was loud enough that it jolted me and it said, grab the door. So I grabbed the door handle. And sure enough, as soon as I did that, we skidded off the road and slammed into a brick wall. Wow. Hmm. Uh, do you, do you, was this like a one-time event or have you had spirits kind of predict things for you often since then? Oh no, I've had that before. Um, is one thing and, and I've mentioned before, and I don't mention that, too often is is uh with, with this this gift and i do call it that i've lost a lot of money and, and by that i mean numbers will pop into my head and i won't play the lottery like for instance right now it's 555 on my computer now to me that jumps out because that's a three-digit number and triple numbers usually mean good things for me and i found this out but i've actually done that where i've seen a number like that and said oh that'll make a good lottery number don't play it and it hit the next day <laughs> so i don't know it's one of those I, I guess it's all part of the journey but uh yeah there's been many times where the intuitive and i've learned to listen to that and that's one thing that's very important i actually have a good friend of mine who who was um he's he's part shaman or he's related to shaman he has a lot of ability and he kept and i, cause I used to ask him about this all the time i said what does all this stuff mean and he's just like i can't tell you but you'll find out and that was part of it is that this is part of the journey where certain things like this will happen. And basically when, when people say, listen to your gut, I I've learned it now because there's been so many times where things could have been avoided had I listened to my gut and said something or did something 
particularly that I should have done and I didn't listen to it. So when everybody says listen to your gut, they're absolutely right. And I've I've tried to adhere to that rule from from then on and I've found out for the most part it, it usually it's it's 100% accurate. You know, if you have a bad feeling, it's, go with that. If it's something good, go with that too. So I've learned that the hard way and the good way, but it's all part of the journey. That's funny that you mentioned the the gut feeling because even a good gut feeling can end up being a bad gut feeling after a while. True, or a bad chili dog. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, that too. <laughs> but yeah, that that's you know the, that's another thing that I'm exploring is the intuitive part of me. Um, like I said, I, I've I've heard and seen things that have popped in my head, and, and a lot of the time, it's really funny. I've talked to other practitioners and other people in the paranormal because with me things will just pop into my head out of nowhere and they'll it'll seemingly mean like nothing but all of a sudden it'll have meaning and I'll be like wow where did that come from so I always try to listen to it when it because like I said it's not anything usually really outrageous but it's it's at the same time it's just kind of like wow you know right right and it's got to be hard too to uh to, to try to uh teach yourself how to follow that intuition um you know when how do you discern what's just a thought compared to what is a gut feeling or what is maybe a voice in your head that might be a spirit you know a disembodied voice uh so i'd imagine that's probably probably pretty difficult uh yeah you did mention that you're irish and you go into that a bit in your book uh, especially in regards to the uh the folklore within uh, the Irish community. Now, one thing that you mentioned that just kind of stuck out to me was a, a little something about the Banshee. Uh, you had mentioned the uh, two words together, and it was Banshee attachment, uh, which isn't something that we talk about too much on the show, an, an attachment with a Banshee. Usually it's like a Banshee shows up for one family member, and then it disappears, doesn't necessarily attach itself to the rest of the family. Uh, but in this case, uh, you, you had mentioned that some Irish families have uh, have had or do have banshees attached to them. So what, according to your knowledge, would be the reason that one family would receive a banshee attachment while another wouldn't? Well, if, if you go by the, the folklorists, uh, they they talk about the older families in Ireland, the original families, kind of the the uh, the early tribes of Ireland having the the banshee. Um, and I guess that's true. And the the one, <clears throat> excuse me, the one big example that I usually use is the Kennedy family. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the Kennedys, you know, they talk about the Kennedy curse. And then I, I stumbled upon a, an article <clears throat> somewhere that talked about the Kennedys may, maybe having a banshee. And I was actually just today watching a uh, documentary on Bobby Kennedy. And I didn't realize that he had a lot of tragedy in his life aside from him being assassinated. After that, <clears throat> he had a couple of his sons pass due to some some bad circumstances and I, I i had no knowledge of that so you know i always found that fascinating and being irish that you know the kennedys are like you know <laughs> you kind of learn their name when you come out of the womb <laughs> if you're irish american or irish or anything but whether you hate them or you love them or whatever um but it, it was fun it was this person who wrote the article said that the and, and they stated some of the things that you know obviously the jfk assassination but it all all went back to the 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 matriarch of the family, the patriarch back in, in Ireland may have brought this over when he came over to Ireland from, or the America from Ireland. And I thought that was really interesting. And, and basically if that were true, 
that uh, not only did it stay for him, but it stayed for the member, other members of the family. And if you look at the Kennedys you, throughout their lifetime since they come to America, there's been a lot of good things that happened to them. But they've suffered a lot of tragedy as well. And I just found it kind of interesting because as far as I know, I guess I wasn't one of the first families because I don't <laughs> I don't have a banshee attached to me, which is probably a good thing from what I've understood. <laughs> but um, so it, it's it's fascinating. Like I said, Ireland is full. The Celtic people are full of just wonderful legends and, and you got St. Patrick's Day coming up next week. So that's like the, the day. But um, they have a lot of Celtic folklore is just fascinating. And, and again, I think I have um, more of a meaning to me because I, I believe in a lot of it. And, and it does. I, I think a lot of it stems to, from from where I get my ability is from being Celtic and having Celtic blood in me. So I find things like that fascinating. Um, but again, yeah, the Banshee's a nasty customer, so I'm glad that most people don't have the attachment. But it's interesting to think of if they do, you know, what what they would go through. And again, my my thing is the Kennedys, and the Kennedys, the Kennedy clan always jumps out to me. And after reading that article, I was just really fascinated. And and there's not too much. I mean, you found a lot of folklore, but it's not a lot you, uh, in dealing with things like attachments. It's just basically, yeah, like you said, the the one person has a Banshee. You hear it, somebody dies, it goes away. So it's actually interesting when you do come across uh, more more than one article that actually talks about a, a potential attachment. Right. Hmm. So reading through that part of the, of your book, um, I, I had seen that you actually uh, grew up in the Philippines for a short time, um, and that uh, you bring up the Mau Mau, I believe it is. Um, but one thing that you mentioned there is that. Uh, you feel that uh, ghosts or spirits kind of have a connection to these other creatures that we we hear or talk about. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, and and I apologize for that to to all my readers. Um, for some reason, I could never really get verification on that. And actually, I actually work with a Filipino American woman that read my book and, and she said you know what's this Mau Mau stuff and I explained it to her and she's like yeah I'm gonna have to ask my parents because her parents are from the Philippines and she said yeah they're called and I forgot what the name of it was but I said I swear to god this is what my mother told me so I don't know but that's that's what I remember my mother telling me that's what's gonna get me to get me to shut up and be and settle down so but she's okay. like yeah and it's actually a, one of those uh really kind of a weird name but she was just like yeah i brought that up to my parents and they, they don't know what they mean they 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 and they she threw out a couple ones that i said man i wish i had known you when i was writing this because i could have put that in there <laughs> um so that that that's probably a little incorrect but again that's what my mother did tell me but again um and, and i found that doing research for this <clears throat> this book and growing up and actually having a lot of friends that are from other countries their folklore and their stories are just they put like some of America's to shame because they're so scary <laughs> so I didn't get yeah. the chance to talk about that and perhaps in another book but um, yeah there's folklore and legends and ghosts from other countries that are just hair raising right so what are the, the connections to ghosts or spirits that we think of as, as human entities compared to these creatures because I mean Eric and I have speculated a lot on this show about what our thoughts are, but I would love to hear what your thoughts are. I'm sorry. As far as uh, the connection between human spirits and then spirits like these creatures that, that we talk about, like the Banshee, the Mau Mau, um, 
more spiritual connected creatures. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah, and and again, there there's different ones. You have like the uh, Washerwoman of the Ford. That that's uh, I believe right. Scotland. That's another banshee t- type tale. You got the La Llorona in Mexico. That's that's another kind of one. So in those, the, the common thread, I, I do believe, if I'm correct, is that it was a, allegedly it was a woman that's that usually ended up killing her family or somebody in her family, and then they were they were suffering gotcha. the fate of becoming a banshee. Um, so one to tie in with that, one of the um, the the one of the the legends in Ireland that I always found interesting were were, were uh, radiant children. Have you ever are you familiar with those at all? No. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, the legend goes that a radiant child, <clears throat> excuse me, is is a ghost of a child that has been killed by her mother, and it comes back and it's obviously really really glowing white, more so than most spirits, and they call it a radiant radiant children, and and that's the the folklore with that. Um, they're not harmful. They're just they just appear, but you you can kind of apparently differentiate because they're so brightly lit that they have to be this type of entity that was killed by their mother, and it's called a radiant child. So I always thought those were pretty hmm. fascinating. But yeah, hmm. it, it's usually and I think honestly, if you look at any folklore, it, it it's a way for people to kind of bridge the gap between their reality and and what may or may not be reality. And also they make great stories, and you figure way back when before the internet and all that stuff is that people were great storytellers. So that was one way to say, you know, uh, a lot of the the folklore was just, you know, bedtime stories, but they had some Mm -hmm. kernel of truth in them somewhere. And, and again, with the migration of the people from, from all over the world coming to America, some of the stories are are just wonderful. I mean, you, you talk Jewish folklore, Polish folklore, you know, all the the Celtic Isles, you know, all the British Isles folklore, you know, Japanese, Chinese, all of that. So it's just it's I think, again, it's a way to kind of explain their their world around them when they didn't understand some things. And that kind of probably played a, a big part. in that. Okay. Yeah, you know, it, I, hope t- I answered that. OK. Yeah. Yeah. That you connected <laughs> okay. it pretty well for me. I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh you know and one thing that we we talk about often on the show too is how a lot of this folklore becomes watered down it's like playing telephone so it's hard to connect the dots back to the original uh piece you know the original writing or the original story uh and all we could do is kind of you know do our best and i think even in the end there, there's there's stories that even i've told a folklore where i take multiple pieces of folklore and combine them into my own story uh, to try to get as close to what could be the original, you know, that was told. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to wonder why they, we kind of do this, why people tend to add their own spin to it, whether it's, uh, you know, something that they witnessed themselves or whether it's just they're trying to get hype it up a little bit, you know, make it a little more scary, a little more interesting. Uh, but I, I think one thing that's very interesting about folklore and about any tale regarding hauntings or spirits in general, ghosts, uh, is that the more you think about them or the more you talk about them, the higher the chances are that you're going to actually encounter them. Uh, and that goes a long way with both uh, ghostly encounters as long as, as well as cryptid encounters. You know, there's been plenty of stories of people talking about Bigfoot who are searching Bigfoot, doing stuff online, looking for information. And then next thing you know, uh, they've got their own story about their encounter. Uh, 
So do you find or do you think that the more you talk about the paranormal, the higher the intensity of the paranormal activity you experience? Or does it just kind of stay more or less subtle throughout the years? Um, yeah, so so basically that's, that's a really good question because, um, again, um, I've thought about that. And like I said, for me, like October to... Um, September through like November is like a peak time for me. I usually the, the it's usually heightened around that time where paranormal mm-hmm. activity will start. But lately, I've, I've I haven't had as many experiences. But I, I think also um, it, it's kind of like they're 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 like that little the petulant child that's screaming to get your attention. If you're busy and doing other things, they're always around you, and that's what I believe. And I may just not be paying attention because I'm I'm, I'm so engrossed in something else. But uh, again, I've always, I've thought about that. Like I said, if, if you're psychologically ready to go into an investigation, will you like if you're going to do investigate a haunted house? Are you tempt? Are you more likely to see or hear something because psychologically you've hyped yourself up, or did it really happen? And I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess again, but for me. Um, I like to have more than one. And again, I talk about that in my book is where I've had more than one person verify what I've heard and seen. So I feel a little better about people not saying, oh, well, he just said that because. So, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, I'm not really sure because, again, this field, as you all know, draws in a lot of people. I know there's a lot of unstable people here. Um, you know, and I'm not disparaging anybody. I work with the mentally ill all the time. And I think that's actually part of the reason some people are actually seen that seeing or heard spirits because of their their illness and i'm trying to understand that um and and again it i think everybody's a little crazy i know i am (laughs) so but that's just that's just me um but no that's actually a really good question um and i've thought about that often like you know and again it goes back to to my first experience like when i was aware of having an experience did i hear that am i crazy and that was part of like with this whole book and with everything you know, there's still a part of me that's afraid to come out and talk to people because I don't want to be labeled a nut, even though I know I'm as sane as anybody. But again, right. there's still that stigma that goes along with this. Yeah, right. I, and I agree. And I, I, I'm in the same boat where I'm kind of hesitant to bring stuff up. And luckily, especially in today's time, uh, people are becoming more receptive to the idea of life beyond what we know it uh, here in the physical world, whatever that may be, ghosts or aliens or whatever. Uh, and the more I do talk about it or take the chance to, to just be like, hey, I got a paranormal radio show. I'm surprised at how quick people are like, oh, that's awesome. What is it? I want to tune in. I, you know, I've been interested in, in that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think the more that we talk about it uh, and the more people get on board, uh, perhaps the more answers we can ultimately get, uh, at least to some extent. I don't know if we're ever going to truly have the answers, uh, at least not in this life. But I think getting a little closer to, hey, what is, what was that noise? You know, like me, I suffer from sleep paralysis on a regular basis. And just the other night I was sleeping uh, and I fell into this paralysis and I heard what it sounded exactly like my door, the door handle on my door rattling uh, as if someone was trying to open it and they couldn't get in because the door was locked. And it immediately sparked me out of the, the paralysis, but I did not know if it was real that's the one thing that's really tough with paralysis is you don't know what's real and what isn't. Um, and this house that I live in, it's my childhood home. It was haunted when I was a kid. It was haunted when my parents lived here or when my mother lived here uh, when she was a kid. Uh, so there are these, these small things that I notice here uh, that I think other 
other tenants didn't notice, uh, and be, you know, recently. So I don't know, you know, it's, it's just one of those tough things to call and, and you don't want to tell too many people about it because it's like, well, I don't even know, you know, was that just the paralysis in my mind and this state of between the dreamlike state and reality, or is there something, you know, more substantial happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, and, and this is my, uh, usually this is what happens when I work with, with it, it, my encounters at work will be, um, for the most part, everybody's been really positive. When my book came out of that, I was actually a little leery to let them know because I work in a field that it's a, it's a county position and I didn't want to name anything. Cause I didn't want any hassle from like the higher ups who, who would be like, Oh, you know, because again, the people, most of the people I work for don't have a sense of humor or a sense of anything. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to risk that. And secondly, I wasn't going to give out the information because I didn't want to be, you know, having people show up and just gawk at the building and be like, oh, hey, man, that's where that guy sees the ghosts, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but once I, I did, I got a really good response from my coworkers. But, you know, some of my, you know, I got the side eye and all that, but those same ones will be like, you know, they'll look around, nobody's around. Oh, hey, Kevin, this happened to me. You know, I'll get these kind of off the record stories pulled aside from right. meetings. And, you know, and I've been like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, done. that's you know, page 120. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I read that. And this, you know, and I was like, yeah, I know. So I, I get that. Word, and I think that's kind of cool because, you know, I work with a lot of good people and, and we do a lot of good work. So it's just, it's interesting that I'll get a lot of, oh, yeah. And, and then some of them are just, when I hit the door, they can't stop talking to me. And I thought, you know, that's awesome. You know, they, they try yeah. to pick my brain about what's going on with their life. Yeah, I had a coworker that kind of, after they found out that I do a, a paranormal podcast, kind of do the same thing. So that's, I mean, it, it just kind of opens up the doorway for people to, because like you said, this is still taboo topic to talk about with people. Yeah. Um but something that uh, kind of came to mind because it, I was uh, thinking about when I read the book, but it, it popped back in my head when Eric was mentioning uh, that he he's felt that there's a haunting there now uh, when he was younger, when he was living there. And then when my aunt, his mom, was living there as a kid um, and he's he's had some activity in the, his parents house where they live now as well. Um, and you've had numerous encounters in different houses. So my question to you is, is uh, how much do you think that it's more a haunting that follows you compared to spirits that are dwelling in that location when you move in? Well, wow, that's another good question. That's one thing I really love about doing these shows is that I always get questions I'm not prepared for, which makes it great because it makes me think a little bit and you know, that that's a, a good thing, but I've never been asked that question before. So I appreciate that. That's actually a really good question because, you know, honestly, I don't know. And I'll be, uh, because I, as I, I think back to the ones that I covered in the book, they all seem to be either with the, the place I was at and I kind of was like a battery for them and they drew my energy to, to actually make themselves known to me. But I think they were always with them. They were never with me. And I have had a couple attachments that I went in on the book, but those are gone. So I really honestly don't know. I think, again, I think I'm just a catalyst, and I kind of just wake things up. Okay. That's interesting. I, I, and it, it does make sense. I, I get it. 
Um, something else I wanted to bring up because it's not the first time that I've heard it. Um, you mentioned on Cat Ward Show, Paranormal Heart, uh, that you kind of had a more intimate encounter with a spirit. Uh, I can't remember if it's in the book or not, but um, the yes. reason I asked this question is because we've talked to a couple of people. Uh, one of them was a woman who felt she was absolutely violated by a spirit. Um, I've had an encounter uh, at a investigation where I had a something brush the back of my neck and I felt it was kind of more of an intimate uh, contact situation. So I, I wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about that situation that you had. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Sure. Um, absolutely. Um, am I okay? There I go. I, I'm, I'm looking at your audio, and the bars are going from white to, to yellow to red. So I'm just making sure <laughs> that I'm not cutting out. But I think I'm okay now. Um, yep. Yeah, sure. And, and again, I'll, I'll preface this like I did on Cat Show, uh, because again, the the bathroom that this took place in it was horrible. And by that I mean it was 60ish. It had a pink sink. It had a pink toilet. It had checkerboard uh, tile. It was just a horrible colored bathroom that they, obviously from the 60s, they never changed it. They kept it the same. It was just, I always found that to be just a horrid, horrid color. Um, but again, that I always I always say that because, again, maybe, maybe it was the bathroom that did it. I, I, I'm not really <laughs> sure. But anyway, um, I lived in a house in Winchester, Virginia. And um, I would, when I would take a shower, I would feel like a cold breeze. But this wasn't like a normal cold breeze. It was like a caressing breeze. It would circle around me. It wouldn't come across. It would go around me like an, it would envelope me, envelop me. And I think I put that in the book just like that. And then it just, I I just had this, I, I didn't know what this was, but it would freak you out. So I would tell my girlfriend, I said, hey, you know, what's going on? Do you know anything about this? What's going on in the bathroom? And it's freaking me out. And she said, you know, she had psychic impressions. She said, yeah, that's Elizabeth. And I said, who the hell is Elizabeth? She's like, yeah, that's the spirit that lives here. You remind her of her husband. And she just wants to, I said, well, can you get her to not join me in the shower? That's kind of creepy and it's a little weird and I'm getting a little uncomfortable. And she said, no, you tell her yourself. Just what you told me, you tell her. So again, at that time, I felt like an idiot. But I told the heir, I said, hey, Elizabeth, you know, would you please leave me alone when I'm taking a shower? I don't appreciate that. It's starting to bug me. And it never happened after that. But it was just it was a, a it was like if you had stood up and it was a, a just cold air that would go circle you like kind of like a snake. And that's what it okay. was. And it would join me in the shower until I finally did that and find out found out um, what was going on. And in and, and this particular spirit, uh, she caused a lot of. Uh, ruckus in the in the attic. We had one of those attics where we had the pull down ladder, 
and we hear mm-hmm. things up there all the time. And apparently this was her. So, and I actually chronicled that in the book also, but uh, yeah, it was just, and I've never had, I've had, I've been touched a lot. I get touched a lot, just various like touches on the neck and the back, kind of just kind of like saying, Hey, you know, I'm here, but nothing like that. That was the only time that ever happened. It was actually really freaky and again, very uncomfortable, but um, not in a menacing way. And I guess I, I, I should probably say, you know, Hey, that's kind of good. That I remind her of her husband, Although it was, you know, 200 years ago, but, you know, it was interesting. But, yeah, that was that was uh, that was mine. And it's like I told Kat um, when I had spoken on her show uh, like a week before some something like jabbed me in the arm and woke me up out of a dead sleep. And she had actually asked me that. And I thought that was kind of interesting that she brought that up at that time because I didn't think about it until she had said that, that, you know, and again, I'll, I'll get touched every once in a while, just like driving down the road you know, things like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have the, uh, the power. And I think they, they, that again, that's just their way of communicating. They may not be, they just, you know, again, most of these spirits were human and that's kind of like, you know, if you're driving down the road, your girlfriend wants to, you know, caress the back of your neck. It's kind of the same thing, I think. Right. We're, we're going to be wrapping up the show here soon, but when it comes to, all of your paranormal experiences as a whole. Um, what is it, or, or I should say, where, I think the best way to word this, uh, do you think, because you, you've been all over the place, you've been in different countries and cities, states, have you noticed that one location in terms of a state or provenance uh, seems to have more energy and more hauntings than if you were to go somewhere else. And why yes. do you think that might uh, be? Yes, definitely. Uh, my home state of Virginia, Virginia is crazy haunted. And I think the reason that it's crazy haunted is so old. Okay. Um, they've had people settled here since the 1600s. Obviously they've had wars here. Unfortunately, a lot of death and destruction with the, both revolutionary and moreover the civil war there's a lot of civil war battlefields that are as a matter of fact i've got one right around the corner from my house where they had a massacre you know so fairfax county is is rife with them and they're they're just they're all over and i think that's what it is is when you have a lot of death and destruction that that in that instantaneous death i think is what causes the spirits to stay around but yeah virginia by far is one of the most haunted states if not the haunted state i've ever been in and i've talked to a couple of people who said you know i don't know what's up with your state man <laughs> i was just like yeah it's it's but they've had experience with that and it's like what and, and they've had it you know farther south like richmond the capital things like right. that and i'm like yeah i get it like right where i'm at so yeah. um i think I'm, that it is it's just it's very old they have a lot they've had a lot of people a lot of a lot of things go on here in, in the state but um yeah, so far uh, Pennsylvania is the second close, very okay. very close second, but Virginia still tops it, I believe. Uh, and I, I actually think I might have to agree with you. Uh, I actually spent three years in Virginia. Uh, I went to school in Lynchburg, uh, oh, okay. so I lived there for a while, and I came kind of came across the same thing. It is, it's gorgeous. I miss it. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, I was did another show out there and I was actually talking to the guy. I was going to do an investigation with him on Hall- Halloween. I COVID hit and I couldn't get out there. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, I haven't uh, been out to Lynchburg in a long time. 
hopefully COVID will be clearing up here soon with all these vaccines and we'll be able to get back to our good old work right <laughs> in the burnout we'll get out there you know absolutely all right so i think that's all i have eric did you have anything else uh no sir that's it all right so kevin thank you so much for being on paratruth radio we had a blast with you um why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, find the book. The mic is all yours. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, again, as always, I knew I was going to have a good time, and I did. So I thank you for having me, and, and again, I enjoyed it tremendously. Um, they can. Uh, my book can be purchased at ozarkmountain.com. That's my publisher's home, home address. Um, they can find that. Um, I'm on Amazon.com. I am on uh, BarnesandNoble.com and pretty much any .com that sells books, I believe you can pick up my book. Um, and it's also out in audio version if, if, if you'd rather listen than read. And the, the gentleman who reads my book it, it has a great voice. I, I haven't finished it, actually, but I've, I've gone through half of it. And his voice is amazing. So I think anybody that's an auditory person is going to enjoy that. So that's also out there, too. Um, but honestly, I, I love talking to people. I love talking paranormal. I love talking about pretty much anything. So if anybody out there wants to hit me up, they can hit me up at B as in boy, T as in Tom, kkillinbt at gmail.com. That's my personal email. Feel free to hit me up there. and We can talk more about spirits. You can talk about drugs and alcohol. We can talk about anything you want. Uh, again, I've had some people reach out to me, and I've had some really lively discussions. Also... Um, for you listeners out there i'm actually working on an anthology book so i'm gathering ghost stories from pretty much anybody that'll send them in to me um you don't have to include your name unless you don't unless you want to but um send me any and all ghost stories i've gotten a really good collection so far and i think that's going to be my my next venture after the battlefield ghost book all right kevin we will let you go but again thank you so much for being on and you have a great evening thank you guys for having me you do the same all right cool all right all right folks that was kevin killen author of ghosts and me uh we will get all of his information if you want to contact him where to find a book all that great stuff in the description here uh so make sure you're checking that out and uh, if you have any uh questions for him uh you know we'll be including the email in the in the description as well so reach out to him uh he obviously would love to hear from you. And uh, we've got some exciting news here on Paratruth Radio. Um, after some debate and discussion and a little push from a very good friend, we have decided to bring back Eric's Random Fact of the Day. So we're going to take a quick break. You'll hear Eric's Random Fact of the Day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back right after this. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that goosebumps are meant to ward off predators? According to bestlifeonline.com, small muscles attached to individual body hairs contract, which lead the hair to stand on end. We inherited this ability from our ancestors in part as a way for our, then, coat of body hair to capture air beneath it and in that way retain heat. But, 
According to George A. Bubinick, a physiologist and professor of zoology at the University of Guelph in Ontario, Canada, explained his scientific American that it's also caused our ancestors to appear bigger than they were, helping to ward off predators when they were frightened or on the defense. However, of course, with modern humans having less body hair, goosebumps no longer cause us to look that much more intimidating. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Yeah, I do have one for you from uh, Deb at Paranormal Forum, too. Okay, cool. All right, coming back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a good time, and I hope you enjoyed that random fact. I thought it was pretty interesting myself. Uh, you know, interesting show. It's uh, I, I love talking about uh, just ghosts and hauntings and paranormal experiences. I know you do, too. Uh, yep. And what's really interesting about tonight's show, though, is that we kind of – well, I brought up a question – about whether or not we have paranormal, tend to witness paranormal activity more when we talk about it or think about it. Mm -hmm. And in a way, the paranormal almost answered the question by cutting Kevin's audio in the middle of his answer. Uh, right. Now, whether or not that was really paranormal, we don't know. All we can do is chalk it up to coincidence, perhaps, uh, since we can't really scientifically examine that we could over the next several episodes and see what happens if we bring up that question a few times uh but nonetheless i thought it was really interesting uh and this is something that has happened to us many 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 times over the years when talking about certain uh paranormal events uh, or topics even and of course some things like demonic entities when we bring those up we tend to have even more issues with our audio uh, or anything that may be of a biblical nature, you know, there's, there's always something that's kind of trying to force a wedge between what we're trying to say and the truth that we're trying to share. So I don't know. What do you think? You think that was something paranormal or just kind of a random coincidence there? Um, only because it's not the first time for us where we've had audio problems mm -hmm. when we're talking about different things specifically hauntings and stuff uh i i think it's very likely uh again like you said without doing research on it and you know and you know we've talked to people so we have kind of done research on it uh other other paranormal podcasters and stuff like that and have always learned that they do have these weird things that happen while they're recording um, so I, I actually think we could absolutely do an entire episode on that, even if we had some guest hosts on. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a very good possibility, absolutely, that we we were talking about something specific, and then spirits, dark entities, whatever, demons, whatever, uh, decide to mess with something. <laughs> So we don't get the best audio or uh, the best answer that we wanted. So, right. So to bring up what you talked about on your random fact, which yep. I hope everybody is super excited about this because I know I am. I loved the random fact. Uh, 
we had kind of discontinued it just because uh, Eric was in a place where he wasn't able to do it all the time. And uh, we were getting to a point where we were getting a little burnt out with the show. But uh, I am super excited about this. Um, we did have one suggestion from uh, a listener, so I'm super excited about that as well. Uh, but to think about this, um, getting goosebumps and how it was kind of a warning sign <clears throat> for predators compared to uh, being cold or having just these these weird feelings that that make your your hands your hair stand on end. Um, it's interesting that if evolution is a thing and we've gone through leaps and bounds of evolution as scientists say, that uh, goosebumps were intended to make us look bigger to predators than we really were. So right. me personally, I think this this particular incarnation of humanity has been around a lot longer than scientists lead on or have done the research to prove. But mm -hmm. that is a, an interesting concept. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think if uh, evolution is, is at least in some point true or in some way true, uh, and we did have more hair on our bodies like Neanderthals did, um, which I don't see why not. That would make sense, right? Or at least right. my thing, though, this is the thing about evolution. Uh, and it's not so much to think about evolution, but... I feel like based on the evidence we currently have and some of the witness reports regarding Bigfoots and things like that as of recent, uh, there mm. is a case that Neanderthals and humans, as we are, are two different breeds of humanity. Uh, mm, they're not right. one that links into the other slowly through evolution, but they're two separate races. Uh, and there have been claims that people have seen Neanderthals to this day in the woods hiding out. Um, which is really interesting uh, that it's even possible that they could exist still. Right. Uh, but <clears throat> nonetheless, it, it makes sense. Like I, I think if, if we're playing with this, let, let's just play with it a little bit. And we did have, we evolved from a entity that uh, had a lot of hair and goosebumps caused the hair to rise a little bigger. Look at animals nowadays. Look at the animals that tend to raise their hair. Look at cats whose tails get bigger. They get fluffier when they're scared or when they're ready to fight, right? It's an intimidation mm -hmm. thing. Uh, dogs, same thing. They're hackles. It's a word yeah. I learned not too long ago from my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> the hackles on their back and their neck stand straight up and their neck gets fluffier, wider. Uh, again, that's something that ward off a threat, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So it would make sense that it's possible when you think about us people who are walking down the stairs, and most of the time, this is when we're scared, right? We were walking up the dark stairs down in the basement. We're not to the light yet, but our minds are already playing tricks on us. It's getting in way mm -hmm. ahead of where it should be. And the goosebumps rise. I mean, is that strictly fear or is it because our body's trying to intimidate whatever threat may be around, whether spiritual or otherwise? Um I mean, even out of anger, you know, you, you see people who become so angry that their adrenaline kicks in and the hair rises. Uh, so that very well could be some some evidence that supports this uh, random fact. And I think it's interesting for sure. 
Yeah. And I like how you tied that into the actual episode. You know, going down into a dark area oh, and yeah. you start getting scared. <laughs> yeah. It happens to me quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does me too. Um, and, you know, I think about this often and uh, you guys can judge me. That's fine. But to this day, uh, especially in a very pitch black room, I do get not necessarily scared, but startled. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably would not be this way if I have not had the experiences that I've had in the paranormal, <laughs> but it's kept me afraid of the dark. Um, right. And even, you know, I, I'll get goosebumps and sometimes it has to do with I think there's something around or I just get this weird feeling. And so it's, I I liked that fact. It's, it's actually really interesting. Um, So we've got another one lined up for next week. So super excited about that. Uh, Not really sure where we're going for topic next week. Uh, Eric and I will discuss that and uh, it'll, it'll be something as interesting as always for you guys to hear um any other final thoughts or or ideas or anything for you uh not so much uh just you know again hit that like button or subscribe do both preferably uh and hang out with us chat with us online uh we're we're always uh, posting new content and we'd be we would love to have interaction from all you guys uh so if you're new to, to this channel welcome I hope you stick around. Uh, and of course, if you have any questions, comments, or even your own ideas of shows you'd like us to do, topics or otherwise, uh, feel free to drop us an email. Uh, and of course, you could always hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Um, and one thing that I, I did want to add about that too, uh, you had mentioned at the beginning of the show, make sure to like, share, subscribe. Um, for those of you that we're listening on YouTube uh, on the Paratruth radio page. Uh, that no longer gets any new uploaded content. It goes to the New Lantern Media page instead. So if you prefer YouTube compared to anything else, uh, I highly recommend that you get on YouTube to uh, listen and make sure that you you subscribe to the show or to New Lantern Media. Um, and on top of that, uh, one of our shows, let's talk about it, does have a video portion to their show as well, because they do do their show live on Facebook and then we re, uh, upload it for our network for them as well. So if you want to see, let's talk about it instead of listening, uh, you can catch the, the video portion of that on YouTube as well. And they do, uh, bring up people's. Uh, comments and stuff that they're addressing and stuff so you get to actually see who had asked the question and stuff like that so that's actually a pretty cool concept otherwise feel free to check out let's talk about it on facebook it's live every sunday night at 8 p.m so you can ask all the questions you want live (laughs) um and uh if you were a fan of the paramixologies those are shared on the New Lantern Media page, uh, YouTube page. We just made it a uh, kind of a, a shareable thing to our page from Paratroop. Um, 
so definitely check those out. Those were fun. Uh, Eric and I do want to do more of those. Uh, we just have to get an idea about a drink to do. Um, it is better being in person, but being in two states and being that it's still COVID season, it's probably better, and we'll try and figure out a way to record those without being in the same room. Um, For sure. But the last thing I wanted to bring up, um, just because... I get constant emails all the time that uh, T Public is always offering uh, deals on merchandise, and we do have a merch page for New Lantern Media. Uh, we do have one for Paratruth Radio, but again, all of that merch is shared on New Lantern Media, so New Lantern Media is the best place to go. Uh, we've got uh, New Lantern merch, we have Paratruth merch, and we do have. Uh, Paranormal Heart merch. Uh, we do plan on trying to talk to the other shows and see if they want to get some merchandise into our store and all that great stuff. Um, so definitely check that out as well. Uh, I do believe we have a, a link on the website, but we will include it in the description here as well. But uh, yeah, until next week, uh, that's all I've got. Um, I'm pretty sure, Eric, that's all you've got. That's all I've got. All right. So until next week, where you will find us same time, same channel, folks. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.